Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Good morning and welcome to Living Better in San Diego, a public service presentation of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. I'm Sue Vincent with Yvonne Ermey, and today we're very happy to chat with the San Diego Humane Society about pet adoption and something else they're involved in coming up next weekend. Daryl Walker from the San Diego Humane Society is here today, and you guys have a huge pet adoption event in Santee next weekend. What can we see at Fido Fest? Well, you can expect to see a lot of dogs, <laughs> a lot of dog lovers, uh, people just having a great time out there with their furry friends and we're really uh, happy to be there because Santee is one of the many cities that we provide animal services to and so we want to be present and be there for the pet owners of Santee and help them with the resources that they need to be the best pet owners possible and so we're really happy to be um, out there next weekend because we're not only going to have adoptable animals at the event but we're also going to be offering free microchipping and free dog licenses for anybody there who wants one and those are two really critical things to have for pet owners. It's so great that you guys are out there and involved in all those things that we really need, but it's also going to be a huge doggy schmoggy party. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be a really fun party. You know, I love that it's going to be around Valentine's Day. If you're yes. single and you just want to hang out with your dog, I would, you know, rather do that for Valentine's exactly. Day. I think a lot of people would, you know. People talk about with their pets the unconditional love that yeah. you have. What a great way to celebrate it. So it's going to be a great party, a fun event. Your dog is going to have a blast there. Please bring your leashes, right? Dogs yes. only on a leash. Yes, of course. We definitely want your dog to be on leash, you know, and if you have a dog who's reactive towards other dogs, probably not the best event to bring them to because like you said, there are going to be lots and lots of dogs there. So, you know, you want to bring your dogs if they're friendly and social with other animals and of course you want to have them leashed. Now, I'm impressed that you guys are doing free microchipping there because I have yeah. three dogs. None of them are microchipped. I'm sorry. Oh no. But... We're going to change that. <laughs> yeah, but I think, it's kind of, I think it's a little bit expensive expensive to have that done it's not you it's you not. might think it is it's really not you know if you go to some other places it might be but at san diego humane society we offer microchips for 15 dollars all year long what so that's, that's amazing that's our fee all year long and then right now you know this weekend they're going to be free so no better price than that and microchips are, are so important so i i definitely want to get your, <laughs> your dog's <laughs> microchip because you know I I wish I could rem remember the percentage, but it is a very small percentage of pets who come into our shelter as strays who are actually microchipped. Really? And those animals have such a better chance of being reunited with their owners because if they come in, we scan that microchip. That microchip leads us to the owner's contact information. We can just call them right then and there. We have your dog. Right. They come and get them so easy. If that dog's not microchipped and for some reason maybe loses their collar, we're really starting from scratch. Yeah. So we're going to be, you know, posting this animal on our website, on social media pages, you know, hoping that the owner is out there looking for them, being vigilant, finding them on our website. But not everybody knows that process. It's complicated. And so having a microchip is 
absolutely the best way to ensure that if your pet goes missing, you'll be reunited and one out of 10 pets goes missing in their lifetime. Wow. So this is like a huge challenge for you guys then. And and what she just said is exactly then the response to why they're coming in because people think that it's so expensive. Yeah, I thought it was very expensive to get it done. And I think at one point we, you know, we were at the vet and they were going to do it in coordination with this Ah. other thing. Maybe it's just at vets it's super expensive. Is that it? I think it's more expensive at a private veterinarian than it is with San Diego Humane Society. So I would definitely check it out with us. Also, I think a lot of people don't exactly understand what it is and how easy it is. It's just like any routine vaccination. Um, The microchip is the size of a grain of rice. And it just goes um, and it's injected into the back of the neck. And it doesn't hurt any more or less than just a routine vaccination. Animals usually don't react to it at all. It takes probably five seconds and it's done. Oh my gosh, I was uh, so uninformed. I thought they they had to be sedated. No, No, it's so a thing. This is so great that this happened, by the way. This is so great. I know, because I'm going to go get my free microchip. Do you think a lot of pet owners like Yvonne and like a lot of other people don't even realize they can come to the Humane Society for things like that? I I do think that, and it's a a struggle for us, so I'm I'm so happy to be here today to, you know, hopefully educate some people out there because you don't even need an appointment. You can just walk in. We have shelters at Escondido Oceanside in San Diego. Anytime during business hours, you can just walk in and say, I need a microchip for my dog, and we'll get that for you very, very quickly. What other services, like veterinary services, do you provide at the Humane Society? So we don't really provide veterinary services for community animals because so much of our resources are going into providing veterinary care for the animals in our care at the shelter. But we do have a community spay-neuter program. So for um, residents who are eligible, there's um, some income requirements. So we really want to help out. Um, people in the San Diego community who have lower incomes and you know probably can't afford those spay neuter surgeries. That's that's really what we're we're targeting. And so we do have this really great community spay neuter program. We've actually done almost forty thousand spay neuter surgeries since we started this community clinic in two thousand twelve. Wow. So that's forty thousand um, spay neuter surgeries just for community animals. We've probably done I don't know quadruple that or more for the animals in our shelter. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a great thing to take advantage of if your pets are not spayed or neutered. We have discounts for income um, eligibility and then also by zip code. So you just want to go to our website, sdhumane.org, check out the spay neuter page, and there's a lot of information on there. Can I just say, your website is fantastic, oh. by the way. I was going through it, and first of all, there's beautiful animal pictures all over it, which I just <laughs> love seeing. And, but I mean, there's so much information in there. Not only the services that you were just talking about, but for pet owners, just like behavior training. Yeah. There's yeah. tips about when you you know adopt a new dog versus a new cat. Like There's such great information on the website. Oh my gosh, the kitten crashers. We have to <laughs> talk about kitten what's crashers. The ki- what's kitten crashers? Die- kitten crashers is like <laughs> the cutest thing I've ever seen. So we just started this, I think it was last year or the year before. Um, <laughs> we have our 24-hour kitten nursery. Uh-huh. And so typically kitten season is like, March to November. It's a pretty long, it's almost all year long actually in San Diego since it's so warm here. But yeah, we just have an insane amount of kittens that we care for every year with that nursery because we have the opportunity to have them with us. A lot of other shelters can't take care of these kittens 24-7, but we have volunteers and staff in there all day and all night mm-hmm. bottle feeding these kittens every two hours so Which there's very cute so videos cute. of that too yes. oh my gosh <laughs> it's ridiculous and so then so. we have this fundraiser called kitten crashers where you know a business and an organization you could do it here at the radio station yes. it would be a lot of fun you um give a donation and then we bring in a litter of kittens to just 
have a little kitten crash and we just bring in kittens. Everyone just sits on the floor and plays with them. I have heard of this. I've heard of this. I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know. (laughs) You guys actually came in here because they were talking with one of our stations about something and they brought in a whole bunch of kittens and everybody just lost their minds. So if you're having a bad day or... I'm telling you, people bring in a whole pile of kittens and everybody is immediately yeah. happy. You know what? It's just the greatest well, program ever. I love this <laughs> so much. We just had a meeting asking, what what can we do for culture? And so, so now we have Donut Fridays. Kids Forget donuts. Of, you got to bring in culture? kittens. Yeah. So we're like, someone said, you know, Donut Fridays. But what if we had Kitten Friday? Oh, no. <laughs> so kitten much. Crashers. That's it. Okay. So how do people do this? Because they can arrange this right through your website, yep, right? Yeah. Just go on our website, search Kitten Crashers. You should be able to find that page. Or you can just give us a call and we'll figure that out. But it will take a little bit of time since we're... In February, probably another couple of months until we start having kittens ready to crash your business. But it's really the best way to to boost morale, in my oh opinion. My I agree. I Honestly, agree. it was like nothing I've ever seen before. Everybody just went crazy. It's over. therapy. How do you not? Exactly. Yeah. So I said, no matter what you're going through, if you're holding a sweet little kitten, everything in the world is mm-hmm. right yeah. all over again. Let's go back to PhytoFest because okay. the name itself is, you know, dog energy. Is there anything <laughs> for, for cat owners at PhytoFest or is this really focused on dogs? You know, this is really focused on, on dogs since, you know, this is an event where we're encouraging people to bring their dogs. So mm-hmm. you probably want to leave your feline <laughs> friends at home just to be safe. But there's still a lot of cat related events going on through the year. So keep an eye on our website and our social media pages. But yeah, this this uh, Fido Fest, like you said, it's right there in the name, really focused on the, the dog owners. And that's why we have not only the microchips, but the licensing, which is something specifically for dogs. So for the licensing, they just need a rabies certificate, but is there any vaccines going on? At- we're not we're not doing vaccines at this event, but that is something that we do at San Diego Humane Society once a week at each of our three campuses. I mentioned we have campuses in Escondido, Oceanside, and San Diego. Once a week, we have vaccination clinics where folks can come in and get low-cost vaccinations. And so they range from like 10 to $15 a vaccine. And so that's all first come, first serve. So if you do need vaccinations, since they're not going to be at this event, I would really encourage you to come out to one of our campuses. Check that out on our website. Again, really low cost, probably cheaper than you would find at your local veterinarian. Um, You know, actually, my dogs are due for their vaccines right now. And we've been hearing about the coronavirus in the news a lot lately. Is that something we need to protect our dogs against? I don't think so. Okay, good. (laughs) It's worth asking. Yeah, not that I I know of. Okay. (laughs) We're talking this morning to communications specialist, Ariel Walker, from the San Diego Humane Society. They're part of Fido Fest at My Furry Valentine. It's going on next Saturday the 15th. It's going to be super fun in Santee Town Center Park East. All the details are up, well, probably through your website, but certainly through every one of our Intercom radio station's websites, too. All the details there. Uh, Come join us. It's going to be from noon to four again next Saturday. Now, you guys are out there, as you've talked about. Are are there going to be pet adoptions there as well? There are. So we will have uh, animals available for adoption, most likely dogs. Mm -hmm. And uh, something that is really special about that weekend is that we just happened to have an adoption promotion happening that weekend sponsored um, by the CEO of Qdoba, Keith. He's sponsoring all of our adoptions that weekend. So all adult animals are actually going to be free. So fee waived for all adult animals that weekend, the 14th and the 15th. And so we consider adult animals to be um, anyone over seven months old. So it's pretty safe to say that the animals we'll have at the event will be adults. So you can actually adopt 
the uh, dogs that will be at the event free of charge. That's incredible because mm. what is the regular fee? It depends on the age of the dog. From seven months to seven years old, the adoption fee is typically $95. Mm-hmm. And for younger puppies, it's uh, typically over $100. So, And, and so, the dogs that are adopted, they're spayed and neutered already? Yes, and have spayed, their- neutered, vaccinated, microchipped, ready to go home. Ready wow. to go. And seven months still seems like a puppy to me. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you can still adopt a very young dog. And I mean, my personal opinion is that the older dogs are easier. Yes. <laughs> So that, let's talk about that because I know that's one of the things, you know, they always say there's a challenge is getting older mm-hmm. animals adopted yes. or animals that have any kind of health challenges mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we definitely struggle with adopting out senior animals, uh, senior dogs. Um, people coming to the shelter a lot of times are looking for, you know, the young animal that they can have many, many years with. But a lot of times, um, like I said, we consider uh, senior animals to be more than seven years old. And so if you're uh, you know, looking at a senior chihuahua, you know, seven-year-old chihuahua, that chihuahua still has a lot of years yeah. left to spend with you. You know, these small dogs can live a very long time and large dogs can live a long time too, you know, you know upwards of 12 or even, you know, more years old. And um, the fact is that senior pets are really a great option for so many households because you exactly. don't need to train them. Yep. They're mellow, you know, and they've already grown into their personality. So you don't have to guess what type of dog they're going to be. You know, you have to really think about integrating into a family, into a household. So you have to really match that dog's personality with the people that they're going to be living with. You hear about people that adopt puppies and they come to work exhausted every day because it's like having a a new baby in the household. Puppies up all night long, or maybe that might not be the best Mm -hmm. dog to have around little kids. Mm -hmm. You never know. What are some of the things that you tell families when they're trying to figure out what type of dog to bring into the household? We really try to match the family with the dog that's right for them. Just like you said, our adoption counselors are really good at this. So when somebody comes in to San Diego Humane Society to adopt a pet, they'll they'll really have a pretty open discussion and just kind of learn what kind of lifestyle do you have? You know, are you an active family? Are you out hiking and running? Are you more just kind of the Netflix and chill type of family? You know, we really want to find the right fit. And so a lot of times if somebody is not super active, then a senior dog might be a better fit for them. And if they're really looking for just a mellow couch companion versus a running buddy. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really just a matter of talking to the family and, and figuring out what that right fit is. But then again, there are also senior dogs who are really energetic. It's, yeah. it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. It really just depends on the dog. You know, what's really great that you've got counselors to actually work with people mm-hmm. on that is because the last thing you want is somebody bringing a dog back yeah. because that- it didn't work. Does I mean, that's ha- heartbreaking for everyone. Yeah. Does that happen often? Or I mean, Sadly, it does. I mean, we do have an adoption guarantee, which means that if that dog is not the right fit for you, you can bring them back. And we want people to have that option and be able to do that because we don't want somebody to have the, the pet that's the wrong fit for them. And, you know, what happens a lot is that even though it, it is sad to see an animal back in the shelter, uh, there's actually a positive side of it because a lot of times we'll learn a lot more about that animal so let's say a dog comes in as a stray we have no idea what this dog's history is we don't know if they get along with other dogs or kids and so somebody's just taking a chance on this dog and seeing how it goes and so if someone brings back the dog and says hey 
this dog really was reactive towards my dog at home, probably not a good fit for a family with a dog. That helps our adoption counselors because now we can say, okay, next time now we know the type of family to put this dog with. We know that this dog probably isn't going to, you know, get along with other dogs, wants to be, um, you know, the only fur baby in the house. So it's actually uh, can be a helpful thing so that we can learn more about the dog's temperament. You know, um, is there advice that you have for people after they bring their pet home? Because, for instance, one, I have three rescue dogs, and one of them I tried to foster out. Um, I, he, he was left in the alley. And Aww. so, you know, we found him a foster family, but he was so, you know, he was just depressed, and he was not his himself. And they ended up returning him, and, and so we ended up keeping him. And now I see this dog, and I'm like, that was not that dog's right. personality at all, you know? Aww. So Yeah, my advice is definitely to give it time. So that's the thing. Sometimes when we see somebody return a dog the next day, you know, they might have found that dog changing over the weeks to come. And so um, it's just really important to give them time, especially with cats. Cats take a really long time to adjust. I mean, there was a story uh, recently that uh, we heard from an adopter. It took her cat six months to come out of hiding. The cat that she adopted hid for six months. She didn't even really see see the cat for six months and now it's her best friend and follows her everywhere her little shadow her little cuddle buddy that's a drastic example doesn't always take that long but I will say cats definitely take a a longer typically longer amount of time than dogs do to adjust they really have a hard time adjusting to change (laughs) we don't know what 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 their lives were like before we got them and you know it's Mm kind of like we have to earn their trust yeah (laughs) I had two shelter cats but I adopted one for a month prior right and so she was alpha cat she was tiny small but she was alpha cat and when I brought the second cat home thinking oh now she'll have a little friend oh it was not good they told (laughs) us keep them apart like in a separate room literally keep the new cat in a separate room for like two weeks I thought oh that's horrible they fought underneath the door. <laughs> like they, you'd see a paw like sticking out and they'd fight like under the door and yeah. attack each other until they kind of got used mm-hmm. to each other. But even still, even though he was twice her size, she was the alpha cat. So if she would come in the room, he'd leave the food so that she would eat first. I mean, just it's crazy. But mm-hmm. you really have to respect that kind of dominance yeah, and hierarchy with out. pets. So yeah. what do you say to people like with dogs? Is there a unique way that you should integrate a new dog into a household? Our adoption counselors would definitely coach new adopters on that. They have the best advice to give, but it, it's all about a slow introduction. You know, with dogs, you definitely want to have them both on leash. You know, you don't want to just have it be a free for all in the backyard. So yeah. so they'll definitely coach new adopters on the best way to do that. But it's, it's typically... Um, very slow and like you said with the cats you know keep them separate it's it's not you don't just kind of throw them in each other's face right away you really want to give them time to adjust to each other yeah, yeah. you know what what is kind of cool though <laughs> is uh which I learned is when we had our, our first dog Tupac we were worried that he was going to be lonely so we were looking for a soulmate and we got another rescue dog she was about five months and we didn't realize that Tupac was going to teach Maya Aww. all kinds of stuff <laughs> he like kind of taught her how to use the doggy door and like that we go outside and oh. taught her he taught her all kinds of stuff he taught her how to sit we had to, it took us a long time to do but he's like no this is what you do and she says sit. 
It's really cool. They learn from each other. That's sweet. (laughs) We also had mentioned that February is Spay Neuter Awareness Month. But for you, it must be every month that's Spay Neuter (laughs) Awareness Month because... Like you said, it's a challenge for you guys. It's shocking how many how many animals come in that are not spayed or neutered. It is shocking. In, in 2020, I think most people would probably think the majority of pets coming into our shelter are spayed and neutered, and, that, and that's just not the case. Um, there are so many animals that are, you know, stray animals or even owner-surrendered animals who are not spayed and neutered. And, and so we do spay and neuter those those pets before becoming available for adoption. And it's really the solution to pet overpopulation. So it's it's kind of mind-blowing that, you know, it's, it's still not happening. But a lot of times it's just a matter of um, access and income, you know, challenges. And so that's why we have our community spay and neuter clinic to invite those people who, you know, might not be able to afford a traditional spay-neuter surgery at a, veter- yeah. a veterinary office to, you know, come in and get that discounted surgery. Because, unfortunately, I think that that is a, a, a big issue. It's just a, a lack of accessibility and affordable options. And it's a kind thing to do for the animals when you talk about controlling that pet population. Really, people think, like, oh, is this really necessary to do what really yeah. it is. It is. And there are other benefits that come along with spay neuter surgeries that other people uh, might not know about uh, in addition to helping to control pet overpopulation. Uh, spay neuter surgeries also really help with behavior problems, which is uh, interesting. Uh, typically, uh, fixed pets will have less of the unwanted behaviors like, uh, you know, urinating in places that you don't mm-hmm. want them mm-hmm. to, um, roaming, and uh, things mm-hmm. like that. So uh, there's actually been many, many studies that show that uh, pets are typically better behaved. And then it also helps, um, has health benefits as well and helps, you know, prevent um, your pets from from getting certain types of uh, diseases and illnesses. So it, it's it's a great health benefit. It's a great behavior benefit. And it's just something that's helping your community. Again, your website is sdhumane.org and packed with so much great information that we've been talking about, all these wonderful programs and services. And one of the things I saw that you do, that you work with, is Project Wildlife. And I had to call you not that long ago <laughs> because I came home and there was a ginormous white crane standing in my front yard and it looked like one of those lawn ornaments and the and the mailman was walking by and he thought the same thing too. I'm like, no, that's not, that's real. And he was like, what do we do? I'm like, I don't know. It was a coastal animal and we're a little bit more inland. So I ended up calling Project Wildlife and they came out and, and that's exactly what you should do if you see an injured animal, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a complicated issue. So as you said, Project Wildlife is a program of San Diego Humane Society. So it's, it's part of our organization. And Project Wildlife cares for sick, injured, and abandoned wild animals in San Diego. And there's there's certainly a lot of confusion about what to do when you come across uh, an animal like that because it, it really depends and varies. So if you do come across an animal that's clearly injured, like if you come across this crane that can't fly, then yes, you you would want to call us because we could send out a humane officer to uh, help, help capture that animal and bring them to Project Wildlife for care. But if you come across an animal that appears abandoned, so for an example, um, like a cottontail, a bunny, if you see just a baby bunny by itself, what we see a lot is people are snatching up those rabbits and bringing them to Project Wildlife because they think they're doing the right thing, but really mom's just out hunting, gathering food. And so what happens is that, and this is the case for a lot of wild animals in San Diego, mom will just go out to look for food for a couple hours and leave babies behind. So when you come across babies that appear to be abandoned, don't snatch them up. 
Um, you actually want to wait and watch probably for a few hours. If, I mean, if you can't, I understand if you can't sit there for, <laughs> for three hours, but, you know, ch- come back later, um, see if they're still there. With with cottontails, you can actually sprinkle flour, like white flour, around their nest. And then if you see the little bunny paw prints in there, you know mom's come and gone and That's that those rabbits are, are yeah. being taken care of. And so it's hard because people think they're doing the right thing. And yes. I, I don't I don't blame them. I totally understand it. it they, it's just it's hard to know. So a lot of times with these baby animals, like, like I said, rabbits or even kittens, they're way better off being with mom. Uh, you know what I worry about, too, that our scent, a human scent being on them, like if a mom reject that little baby. It's actually kind of a wives tale. So, yeah, typically that's not the case. Like, I know people think that with baby birds a lot. Yes. And yeah, it's it's really it's really not the case with most animals. But of course, it's better to watch from a distance and, and stay away. But but typically, no, I, I, the animal wouldn't be rejected. In a lot of your videos, I saw everybody wearing yes. gloves all the time. Yes. So, so I wondered if it was part of that. No, I'm glad you brought that up. So if you're in a situation where this animal is clearly uh, injured and, and are sick and needs help, and you are actually able to to capture that animal and bring them to Project Wildlife, that's of course helpful to us. So we don't you don't have to send staff out. You never want to touch a wild animal with your bare hands. So always want to either have gloves or a towel. Um, if you have like a crate that, you know, that would be ideal to bring or like a large cardboard box with holes in it, you know, something where, of course, they, they can breathe. Um, so you want to usually use a large towel, a blanket, gloves or something like that in order to transport that animal to us. I strongly urge you, by the way, if you're like I said, if you're having a bad day, go into the kitten corner and check out the <laughs> kitten, kitten crashers, crashers program. Yvonne, I'm telling you right now, they were bathing the little kittens and they brushed their fur with toothbrushes because yeah. oh they're so small well you know i'm I'm gonna say i'm kind of team dog (laughs) (laughs) i am susceptible to the charms of the cute kitten like who's not oh if you walk into our kitten nursery it's (laughs) it's irresistible because you just hear all the little mews and oh my gosh it's it's and then the toothbrush it actually mimics mom's tongue that's why they use the toothbrush so it makes them feel like mom is is grooming them and they even will uh, when they're uh, giving them a little bath they'll even use um a little blow dryer (laughs) 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 it's so cute and they wrap her up in a little towel and they just look like a little yes. sweet baby. We call I mean, we so call cute. it a burrito. Oh my gosh. A burrito. Burrito. Oh my goodness. Like, There's, stop already. It's much. so cute. It's okay. just the cutest. You'll become okay. a kitten person if you come and see the kitten. Right, I'll check it. I don't know if I want to become a kitten person because no. I can't take any more animals at my house. No, let's but. just do the kitten. Let's just do the kitten crashers program. You make a donation, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. make a donation to the Humane Society. Yeah. All good. And then they just bring a pile of kittens into your office. Yeah. I mean, what could be better than so that? Cute. Nothing. Every office and, is looking for team building things to do you know what yes yeah. like instead and of making us run an obstacle course just bring kittens <laughs> to the office exactly and do the kittens need to be socialized yes like, yes right? absolutely yeah good good point um this goes for dogs too when kittens and puppies are young it is so uh, it is such a critical age to socialize them yeah. you know we're kind of talking about some dogs who don't get along with other dogs and a lot of times that traces back to poor socialization as a puppy so that is such an important 
important thing with our kittens and that's the reason why we do things like like kitten crashers and we have our volunteers you know hanging out with our kittens they uh, are with other kittens it's just such an important time to socialize them okay so i know you guys are going to be out again next weekend at fido fest my furry valentine we'll talk more about that but we're running it short on time before we wrap up today can we talk about rescue versus breeder yeah. when it comes to adoption because i think that's kind of a hot topic absolutely it's definitely a hot topic right now there's been some new laws in place when it comes to pet stores pet stores in california are no longer legally allowed to uh sell cats dogs and rabbits unless they are from a certified rescue pretty much uh, we always are going to advocate for rescue animals of course we're, we're an animal shelter adopt don't shop is a very uh, popular you know hashtag yeah. on social media and tagline there's just so many animals in animal shelters not only in california but across the country and so we really just want to encourage anybody who's looking for a pet to first check out your local shelter that being said we're certainly not against um, you know, breeders who are responsible. And so if you are looking for a very specific a specific type of animal, um, we just recommend that you do your research. So when it comes to these, you know, responsible breeders, and, and again, there are, there are also a lot of rescue organizations who specialize in specific breeds as well. I should mention that. So if you are looking for I don't know, a golden retriever. There are golden retriever rescues out there. So you can still get a rescue right. dog and the breed point. that you want. So that's really important to keep in mind. Um, when it comes to breeders, just please, please, please do your research because there's so many sad cases with, you know, these backyard breeders where, where somebody is uh, thinking that they're getting a, a healthy animal and they're not. And so just a couple of things to look out for if you are choosing the path of, of getting an animal from a breeder. If they're asking you to meet them in a parking lot, that's oh, a dear. huge, huge red flag. That's not a responsible breeder, and that, that happens a lot. And at the pet stores, too, you have no idea about the history of, of that animal, how it was raised, and then and then you bring that little puppy or kitten home and they get integrated to your family your child falls in love with them and then suddenly they're sick a couple of weeks later and you know it can be tragedy it's mm-hmm. just awful stories that you hear about things like that so I agree with you 100% try the shelter first yeah it's, it's so heartbreaking to see um, but again there are responsible readers out there but the thing about getting an animal from a shelter like San Diego Humane Society is you know that that animal has been behaviorally examined medically yes. examined they've been vaccinated they've been microchipped They've been spayed and neutered. You know, you can really feel good about knowing that our veterinary staff and our behavioral staff has checked this animal and cleared them for adoption. We have uh, just such a variety of animals, big, small, all types of breeds. And some of them are more challenging. Some of the senior animals are more challenging. But when it comes down to it, it's usually just a matter of time until the perfect family comes along. I will tell you, Igor, he's my ugliest dog and he's the most popular. (laughs) But he's not your favorite because you love all your children, right? (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being with us today again next weekend it happens fido fest my furry valentine bring your cute little furry pet to this doggy schmoggy party fur fun (laughs) adopt and shop it's going on february 15th from noon until 4 p.m sponsored by subaru of el cajon all the details are up on all of our intercom websites but this party is going to be a blast in santee park thank you so much for being with us today thank you so much for having me good luck at fido fest next week and that's it for this episode of living better in san diego if you'd like to suggest 
suggest a topic or drop a line to me or Sue, email us at livingbetter at intercom.com. Thanks for sharing part of your Sunday morning with us. I'm Sue DeVincent along with Yvonne Ermey, and we'll see you next week. The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect the opinions and views of the staff and management of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. Episodes of Living Better in San Diego are available on this station's website. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.